Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. Welcome uh, to the household of God. Welcome, come on, the Church International World Changers. I'm excited about what God is going to do this morning. How is worship? Amen. Worship is incredible. Wait do you hear uh, a son of the house that's coming up to minister to us today. How many of you love uh, Pastor Terry? Come on, who loves Pastor Terry Nelson? We love him so much. You know, it's crazy. Uh, it used to be people would come up to Pastor Terry and go, hey, uh, Pastor Mark, and they would, they would mistake him for me. I told him, I said, boy, you better not be doing nothing bad in the community. They all did it. And, uh, but now it's got where, man, they come up to me and they say, hey, Pastor Terry, I was in the office the other day. Someone came in and said, we got a meeting at 3 o'clock. I'm like, uh, we do? And he's like, yeah, we got a meeting. I'm like, can you I, I, help refresh my memory? What is it about? And he told me, I said, oh, no, that's Pastor Terry. And so they thought I was Pastor Terry. It's crazy. But Pastor Terry is an incredible man of God. Uh, he handles not just him but his whole team under him. They handle all the pastoral, and you talk about pastoral, that is, man, that's your weddings, that's your funerals, uh, you know, dedicating of babies, the uh, counseling, just all those things. He handles that, and he does so much more as well, but I'll tell you what, just doing funerals, we do funerals for the community uh, when a family does not have a church, they've not been in church, they don't have a church, uh, they call us because we said, hey, we want to be there for these families. And Pastor Terry and his team lead that. And literally a lot of weeks, uh, he is ministering, uh, doing three funerals a week. I told him, I said, bro, you preach more than I do. I mean, he's just an incredible man of God, a good friend, has a great family. And we love him. You love him. Everybody loves him. Come on, won't you welcome up, give a great love for Terry Nelson. Come on, Pastor Terry! Thank you. Hey, good morning. Come on, how many of y'all love Pastor Mark? Come on, we love Pastor Mark. Yeah, uh, for the first service, uh, I was talking to the armor bearer, and uh, Tony Austin said, because uh, already this, uh, this year, I've done 23 funerals. And uh, yeah, we do a lot for the community. We over a thousand people have come through there in the community that hear the gospel. It's just a great outreach. Miss Shirley's not here this morning. She's not feeling well. She's at home. Come on, we're going to say hey to Miss Shirley. Y'all give Miss Shirley a hand. Miss Shirley uh, heads up the funeral as well, does an amazing job. Uh, but also, too, I want to welcome in those that are joining us online and also the Ascension Parish Jail. Men and women, we love you guys. Come on, give them a hand. We're with you, we believe in you. Yeah, so uh, Tony Austin told me this morning, he said, well, look, man, if it would help you out any better, he said, I could just lay up here on the altar and act like I'm dead if that would make you feel more comfortable and home. And I was like, nah, I don't think that's going to work. And uh, so we're going to make it. I'm going to tell you what, this morning, uh, I texted Pastor Mark uh, earlier this week and I, and I was just told him, I said, I want you to know when I honor you, 
that I'm completely honest. What we, we're going to be talking about, Pastor Mark, Pastor Cindy, really Pastor Levi and El, they do an amazing job. They're great examples of what we're going to be talking about uh, this morning. And so I just thank you. I really do. I thank God for you. You're a blessing to me. You're a blessing to my family. We flourished under your... Come on, let's give them one more hand. We have. We flourished under your leadership. We love you. Well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had found myself, I was at the house, and I mean, there was a situation going on, and I was totally frustrated. I mean, I had been given a lot of energy uh, for a couple of years in this area in a relationship, and I mean, I was just frustrated. How many know his parents, come on, you just, you had it up to here. I mean, whatever the situation is, man, when you've given time and energy, and I'm going to tell you, I was just so frustrated, I had worked myself up, and I was complaining, walking out the door, and uh, Amy was out there, and I told Amy, I said, man, I've got to, uh, I've got to get you to pray for me. I am seriously messed up. Come on, it had gotten that far. And, uh, but while I was talking with her, she said, listen, she said, yes, it's been a couple of years. I know you're frustrated. You're giving a lot of energy in this area. She said this. She said this phrase, and I perked up when she said it. She said, but remember the gardener. And I, she didn't know, but I had been studying one of Jesus' parables for the last couple of weeks, and it was the parable of the barren fig tree, and it was talking about Jesus being the gardener. So when she said that, I was like, oh, Lord, here it comes, you know. And she said, remember the gardener. She said, the gardener doesn't just see where it's at right now. The gardener is seeing where God wants to take it. And I was, so Amy's a great gardener. I was listening to her, and she said, hey, man, we've just got to roll up our sleeves, just do the hard work, think about what we can do to see health and fruit in this area. So, Amy, look, you're an amazing gardener. Come on, this message is dedicated to you. And you. All right. So we're going to talk about the gardener. It's found in Luke chapter 13. Uh, starting at verse 6, it says this, Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in, the, in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I can relate a little bit of this. How I many you know when you give energy to something, you're coming out week after week, you're trying to see fruit. Man, but you're always just disappointed. You don't see uh, what you think you should see. You know, I don't have a green thumb like Pastor Mark. I mean, you've gone to his house, beautiful landscape. Pastor, you know, Warren, the same thing, beautiful landscape, you know. But uh, I have done a little bit of gardening in our time. I, uh, I told Amy, that's not true at all. We, we, it's, it's been a total mess up every time we try to garden anything. And, uh, but Amy came to me, it was years ago, Amy came to me and she said, uh, she said I, I want to uh, have a garden. I want you to build me a garden. I was like, come on, babe. I was like, we don't have time for that. And she's like, come on, I want to grow something. And I was like, oh, and I was like, babe, there's a lot of weeds. Grow. Oh, I'm going to take care of it. Don't you worry about that. Y'all know where you know I'm talking about. And so anyway, yeah, so I got the, the ground already. We planted some uh, vegetables and stuff in it. And sure enough, week after week, man, uh, the weeds started growing up. And I told Amy, I said, Amy, I said, you need to get out there and start weeding that garden. She said, I'm disappointed. I don't have as much as I thought I'd have. I was like, babe, I was like, you need to be faithful. She's like, that's too much work to get out here for a little bit of plants. And I was like, and it's right by the back door. I see it every time I go leave. So I'd walk out and the weeds are just getting higher and higher, as high as the plants are. And I told baby, I said, baby, you need to get out here and weed these plants. Be faithful. She said, now, and then, of course, you know, weeks go by and she said, well, I'm pregnant. I can't get out here now. And that's been the story of our life. You know, she's been pregnant. <laughs> 
We have nine kids, if y'all want to know. And so uh, she said, I'm big and pregnant now. I can't get out here. And I'm telling you, I was so disappointed week after week just walking by this garden that, man, y'all know, look, it's men. Look, I took that lawnmower. It's the most satisfying thing I'd ever done. I turned up that lawnmower, and I just mowed that garden smooth over, man, <laughs> to the ground. Just mowed it over. There's a little satisfaction, you know, what's going on. I was just disappointed. But man, look at this. You know, this is, but I'm going to tell you in this parable, Jesus said that the owner of the garden, he's coming a week after week looking for fruit. Listen, he ain't talking about okra and tomatoes. He's talking about people. These are real people that, listen, we're not just called, uh, God's purpose for our life is not just like flowers just to look at and be pretty. No, God's got a plan for each one of you. Come on, each one, I'm telling you, God knows who you are. He's got a plan, a destiny. The Bible said you were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God planned beforehand that you should walk in them. I'm telling you, God knows you, and he wants you to, uh, to fulfill the plan and the purpose of God in your life. God is constantly, that's what it says. It says day after day, he was going. Listen, God is constantly, every time you wake up in the morning, he is mindful of you, and he wants to see fruit in, that for your family, to see fruit in, in whatever it is, your health and your mind, to see it flourish. I'm telling you, that's God's purpose. But in this, uh, in this scripture here, we see that, that uh, week after week, year after year, it's, there's no fruit going on. This is what he says in verse 7. Finally, he said to the gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. Now, the owner of this garden is, is, is representing the father. I mean, in this situation, you can see like God has had it up to here. Come on, just as parents, just as you agreed a minute ago and we're clapping that you can have it up to here with your kids. I'm telling you, sometimes God, when he looks up, he's like, man, I'm about to have it up to here with him. And that's what this scripture is about. But you know what? That's not the whole story of it. And it, what is sad is a lot of times we're like this. We stop right here in our lives. When things get tough or when we don't see what we want to see in our marriage, in our relationship or with our kids or in our finances, instead of, you know, just keep moving on, what we want to do is crank that mower up and just mow it on over and just give up and quit. Cut it down. It's not worth it. Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You talk like that. If you would be honest, some of you, you'll go home and you talk like that in your marriages. You talk like that in the relationship. You talk like that with your job. You say, you know what? It's not worth my time. You talk like, you, you say, you know what, uh, I, I, I'm, it's no good. I've had enough. I've had it up to here. I'm ready to quit. But how many know that Jesus didn't leave us like that? Come on, God didn't leave us like that. Because we see in verse 8, it says this, the gardener answered. Now the gardener comes in. Now he is the hero of this story, the champion, the captain of our salvation. Come on, the gardener represents Jesus in here. And even though the father, even though the gardener said, you know what, I've had it up to here. Jesus steps in and he says this in verse eight, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. But if not, then you can cut it down. You know, and one of the things that I looked at in this scripture as I'm studying it, I'm looking at the gardener and who Jesus is. 
You know, it's one thing to have compassion or to have sympathy for something and say, you know what, you know, that's too bad in this case for the plant or it's too bad. He ain't talking again about plants. He's talking about people. You know, there's one thing to say, you know what, that's too bad for that family or that's too bad for that person or, you know, that's a terrible situation they're in. It's one thing to be sympathetic. It's another thing, like the gardener, to roll up our own sleeves personally and say, you know what, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do the hard work. I see the need. And what I'm going to do is not just wait for somebody else to come along. No, I'm going to take the weight and the responsibility. I'm going to get involved and I'm going to do the hard work to see health and, listen, prosperity in this life. Listen to me. This is the call of God for you guys is to be gardeners. This is the call of God for your marriages with your children, not to just give up, not to just cut up and speak and say, you know what? I'm a loser. I'm too far behind or my marriage is too far gone or this relationship, my dad or my mom or this other person has messed me up so much. No, God's call is that we continue to roll up our sleeve, keep our hand on the plow and keep moving forward for the kingdom of God. If we're going to be a world changer, if you're going to fulfill the call of God on your life. Now, this was the call of the gardener. There's four lessons I want to talk about from the gardener that we can learn. I'm telling you, if you will apply this, you will see growth in life, in your relationships, in your environments, things. I'm talking about in your health, too. Some of you just think, I'm talking about, I know I'm making mention of marriage. I'm talking about some of you in your health. Some of you have been believing God, or you've been working a plan for maybe a year or six months or two years on, on to get healthier, to see a, a better heart change or weight plan or whatever it is, but because you don't see the results and you know it's what God's calling you to do, you don't see the results. What you want to do is just burn it down and say, you know what, I'm done with it. Come on. Man, that's not God's heart. Right. So four lessons that we can learn from the gardener. Number one, we've got to speak life and not death. Right. Yeah. Listen, what, your words matter. Listen, how many of you know that that's true? Some of us are still damaged today. We're grown uh, people. We're still damaged by things that our parents or other people spoke over us. Your words matter. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You have the power, listen, to build or you have the power to tear down a life. You have the power. The Bible says that power and life are in the tongue. You can either speak life into your marriage. You can speak life into your finances, into your situation, or you can speak death, the power. The Bible says that God has given you that power. That power is in, your, is in you. You know, they actually did a study on this. Uh, 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 professors started doing studies on this to see how words matter. And what they did was, is these studies, these scientists took water crystals. And they began to speak uh, to see if words really matter over water. And so what they did is they took these water crystals, put them under a microscope, and some of the water crystals, they would say, you're, wor you're worthless, you're death, I hate you, I wish you were dead. They would speak over and take pictures of it, of the water molecules to see what they look like. And then the other molecules, they would say, hey, we appreciate you, we love you, you're doing great, I thank God for you. And listen, they took pictures of that. And I want to show you those pictures that came forth. Now, this picture on the, on the left is the one that it says they spoke death over it. 
Now, which one of you speaks chaos and which one of them speaks order? Think about that. And here it is. They were speaking over water. They were just finding out what it deals with water. And guess what? Man, you sitting in this chair, you are made up of more than 60% of water. Your brain is made up more than 75% of water. And actually, they did the same thing, studies on plants as well. And they found, out, uh, they found out that if you spoke death over plants and you said, I hate you, or you're never going to grow, you're, you're worthless. It said that they could see over time the plants would, would begin to wilt. But the other plants, they would turn on and say, man, you're beautiful. You're going to grow. Everything's going to work out great. And it said they begin to flourish. I'm going to tell you, those are proven studies. And I'm going to tell you, at first, I didn't know those studies. So it was kind of awkward to me when I would see Pastor Mark. Listen, Pastor Mark, I, we have a beautiful landscape. It's because that man goes around all these plants and he, he, I'd see him talk, you're doing such a good job. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I mean, you know, staff, you know what I'm talking about. He does that. I mean, I don't know. I guess he does that at the house. Do you do that? At the, oh, yeah. Look, Pastor said, oh, yeah, he does that at the house too. And I was, at first, I was like, he's like, you're doing so proud. I remember one time there was one dead we didn't water one. I'm glad I didn't tell this in the first one. There's one dead over there in, in the one. And I remember being next to him and he said he leaned that down on that plane. He said, It's not your fault. <laughs> he told that's what he told me. He said, It's not your fault. He said, We didn't take care of you. It's our fault. We're gonna do a better job. And sure enough, we have, because it looks good in there. But I want to tell you, they, regardless, listen, regardless whether you love plants or you're kind of questioning about, well, what's the science behind it? Listen, if even any of you call on the name of the Lord, then we just need to believe the word of God, which says life and death are in the tongue. The Bible says that God's not a man that he would lie. This is the reality, the truth. You have the power to build or you have the power to destroy. Now, when I look at uh, this picture right here, and as I stood at, you know, some of it, and I thought about people's marriages. I thought about people's health or people's well-being. Some of it's just because we speak death. We speak over it. And I thought about some of our minds, they look like this. Some of us in our minds, we speak death over our, our minds or we believe it. We just talk to ourselves. I mean, you know, you might not speak it out, but you talk to yourself. You're like, you screwed up again. You're worthless. You're, you're not going to do anything. Man, this is terrible. Look, you'll never measure up. You're not going to be like so-and-so. You're never going to be like so-and-so. How many you know what I'm talking about? We had that all day long. Now, I've met, I mean, I have a ton of kids and stuff, and, and it's amazing. You can raise them just the same, but some of them have that like a bad coach on the inside. It's like this negative coach that I, I'm telling you, if I ever heard one of my, uh, my kids' coaches talk like that, I would tell him. I mean, we'd have fisticuffs going on up in there. I'm, I mean, it's a fact. You would never let one of those coaches. I mean, like, son, you need to go find something else to do if you're going to talk to my boy like that. But yet we'll sit there and listen to it over and over and over. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about because it's something that I've dealt with personally. Something personally over the years. I can't tell you where it started. Somebody said, well, did your mom or did your dad? No, I, I just can't tell you. It's something that I have struggled with. My wife, she has never struggled. But I tell you this, when I got born again, instead of speaking death, I began to speak and say, you know what? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. God is my father. I'm his son. I have the Holy Spirit. I have power over the enemy. Greater is he who is in me than he who 
is in the world. Listen, I'm telling you, some of you, this is not, I, I, I'm telling you right now, if you would start your day, I start my kids, they'll tell you that when I start their day and they're going to school, they'll quit. Oh yeah, I'm the head not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Oh yeah, I'm the light of the world. But how many of you know that, I mean, that's, I've got to renew their mind because who knows what in the world, what kind of negative spo, uh, words are going to be spoken of. No, I want them to know that I'm a child of the living God and that God is for me. And I'm telling you, if some of you will just do that, that your mind, where's the pictures again. Let's bring them back up. Your mind will listen. Will stop going from looking like this, and it'll start looking like order and 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 uh, and beauty on the inside. If you'll just start believing and speaking the truth of the way God sees you, not what other people see you, and not how you see you, the way God sees you. Number two, the gardener sees the potential. The gardener sees what it can be, not just what it is. I mean, you know that we have a habit of just seeing our finances or our relationship or whatever it is, our job, just the way it is. We get stuck right here. The gardener doesn't just see where it is right now. Gardener sees where God wants to take it. It sees through that. It sees through the lens of hope, man. That's what we see in this scripture. And I thought about Peter. You know, when you look at Peter, when Jesus found Peter and he was fishing and uh, Jesus revealed himself as the son of God. And what did Peter say when, when Jesus manifested himself? He told Peter, I mean, he told Jesus, he said, depart from me, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. I'm a loser. God can't use me. I mean, that's the way he pictured himself. And some of that is true. He was a sinful man. But he was like, you know what? I can't be used by God. Just depart from me. I, I, God's, I, I'm too far gone. But you know what? The gardener, Jesus didn't look at him just the way he was. Jesus told him, he said, hey, son, you don't need to be afraid. From now on, you're going to be catching men. I see you. The Father sees you not where you are, but where look, the hand of God. God's arm is not too short that it cannot save your marriage. God's arm is not too short that it cannot save you from depression or anxiety. I'm telling you, I'm a living proof of it this morning. Listen, if you'll just renew your mind and speak life. And believe it. Number three, we've got to be willing to get our hands dirty. The gardener was willing to do whatever it takes to create a healthy environment. You know, the good Samaritan, I thought about this, man. The two people that you thought would have helped him didn't help that, uh, that guy that was beaten up in the ditch, lying for dead. You would have thought the priest and the Levite would have helped him, the pastor or whoever it is. No. Bible says the despised Samaritan. You know, when one thing I saw in here was the same thing as kind of the gardener, it says that the good Samaritan was moved on the inside. He was full of compassion or something on the inside says somebody needs to do something about this. But he wasn't just moved with compassion. The Bible says that then he went over to him. He went over to him. Some of them, we're just kind of in that, this first stage. And what we needed to do is get a little bit closer. We need to go over to him and see what we can do and get involved in people's lives or people's mess or whatever it is. And listen, that's what the, the Good Samaritan did. Man, he bandaged his wounds. Man, think about all the, what he went through. He just didn't bandage his wounds. Man, the Bible says that he put him on his own donkey and watched that guy, a total stranger. He walked all the way, and then he paid money for him in the end. So he stayed, and then he said, hey, look, if he runs up any more bill, I will pay you back when I come. 
And this is the truth, you guys. God loves you. God has a plan and a purpose for everybody in here. I know just, but I'm telling you this, it's, it's going to cost you time and money if, if you're going to fulfill the call of God and purpose in your life. It's going to cost us. It always has and it always will. It costs the Lord. Listen, the disciples, when you look at the disciples, yes, they were all Jews, but the main thing that they had in common wasn't their occupation, wasn't their education. They didn't have to be smart enough. They didn't have to be uh, educated and all this kind of stuff. They just had to be available. They had to be willing to forsake all that they had. And you know what? Be uh, inconvenienced to be used by the king. And listen, that's what we've got to be willing. We've got to be willing to set, up our, set aside our time and our money and different things. Be inconvenient so you can fulfill the purpose and the plan of God. And number four, the last point we can learn is we've got to be willing to cry out for others. Man, don't you know, do you think that that, that owner, that gardener was joking around when he said cut it down? No, man, that, that gardener knew he was telling the truth. He meant what he said and said what he meant. But we've got to be willing to stand in the gap like that gardener did and not just say, yeah, mow it down. I'm frustrated too. You know, it reminded me of a story in, Moses, uh, in Exodus with Moses. You know, the children of Israel, God's done everything for them. They're in slavery, and God delivers them. Man, just takes care of them, pulls them out of Egypt, pulls them out of Pharaoh. They're in the wilderness, and I'm lo and behold, they go right back into sin. Right back into rebellion. Right back into just doing whatever they want to do. And this is where we pick up Exodus 32.9. It says, then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. I mean, you know that God's had it up to here with these people. And the truth of it is, is that God could have said the same thing about me. I mean, you know that it, the truth is that God could have said or has said probably the same thing about us. Verse 10, he says, now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them and I will destroy them. Then I will make you Moses into a great nation. But then Moses steps in just like the gardener and he says this, turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath. Verse 14, so the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. You see, there was something in the heart of God that's just there, that, 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 that through wickedness that we've done, through like this example was the children of Israel. There's something in the heart of God that says, you know what, I can't let them get away with that wickedness. I can't let them get away with that murder and lying and cheating and adultery. There's something on the inside that cries out righteousness and justice. But even though that was burning in the heart of God and he said, move away, Moses, I'm about to destroy these people. Moses began to stand in the gap, but there was something else as Moses began to plead for the people. There was something else that was growing in God as well. And you say, how is those two, man, can they go on at the same time? Did God just change his mind and, and he wasn't a righteous or justice? 
adjust anymore. You know, I learned uh, years ago uh, an example about how God feels in this situation. It feels about us a lot. It feels about me. One of my kids, man, I had warned my kids before and over and over, and uh, something had happened where this kid had, uh, was totally disrespectful, totally disrespectful. And I'm going to tell you, man, I, I was like, no, you about to get a whipping. I mean, no, when it happened, justice and righteousness is stirring on the inside. Oh, you're not going to get away with that. Man, that child began to plea for mercy. Oh, daddy, give me a second chance. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes that moves me. But now, at this time, no, sir. It didn't bother me at all. That kid was like, Daddy, give me a second chance. He, was, he, he knew I was serious. I said, no, you're about to get a whipping. Oh, Daddy, give me a second. And it wasn't moving me on the inside. I was just like, no, you're going to get it. I went over there. I remember going to get my belt, and I came back. And I, I did some because I love him. But I came back in there because I care what kind of a man he's going to be when he turns older. And I went into that room to whip that boy, and he was crying. But again, didn't bother me at all. Righteousness and justice just moving. And as I went to whip that kid, before I did, I could hear, the door was shut, but I could hear one of their siblings in the hallway crying, saying, Daddy, give him a second chance. Dad, have mercy on him, Daddy. And I remember just stopping on the inside. There was none but righteousness and justice at one time. But all of a sudden, something else began to grow. As that child got uh, louder and louder, Daddy, give him a second chance, Daddy. And she was crying. Daddy, give him a second chance. Have mercy on him, Daddy. Have mercy. And I'm telling you, it was just like, even though righteousness and justice for this person, it, but there was something on the outside. It was like that, that child was just pulling on mercy, pulling on this other part of me that began to grow. And I just couldn't do it, man. Tears were just going down my eyes, man. And I just couldn't do it. And it wasn't because of the person that was in front of me. It was because the other one that was willing to stand in the gap. I remember throwing open that door and I told my kid, I, I brought the other kid in there. I, I threw open that door and I said, I looked to the one that I was about to whip and I said, let me tell you something. I said, if it wasn't for her right there, I'd have tore your tail up. I'm telling you, we've got to be a people. Listen, if we're going to be a gardener, if we're going to see God move in our life, we can't be the people that are saying, you know what? They deserve justice. They deserve that. You made your bed, now lie in it. And you know what? We can't be that. We've got to be willing to stand in the gap, listen, and cry for mercy for other people. Some of you are in this room today because somebody stood in the gap for you when you were full of rebellion and saying, God, have mercy on them. Have mercy on them. Give them a second chance. Man, listen, the God, God loves you. God knows you. Your garden is extremely important. I know what you say, well, my garden's kind of small. It doesn't matter. It's your life. It's your finances. It's your marriage. It's your relationship. And it is so important to God. The Bible says that his thoughts are toward you more than the sand of the sea. But you've got to be open and willing, man, to let him work. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Why don't we stand, Pastor Moore?
Come on, stand up, guys. Come on, didn't Pastor Terry do a, an amazing job right there? Pastor Terry, stay up, stay up here. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. No one looking around. And let me tell you something. God is moving. God wants to minister. God wants to, to help you in this room right here. I believe people have come in here today, and I want to really key, and I felt the Spirit of the Lord, where people have spoken uh, not good things over your life. It, it, it could have been a parent. It could have been a, a, a teacher. It could have been a friend. It, and to be honest with you, uh, it could have just been you. Maybe you're in here, and, and, and you keep being a person that just speaks negatively over yourself, like you're saying, man, I'm just, I can't, I, I'm nobody. I'm not going to amount to anything. This is kind of all there is. And you're just talking that over yourself, or people have spoken negative things over you. If you're in here and that's been you, let me tell you something. It's caused something in you that's, that's not pretty, and the Lord wants to change that here today. But if that's been you and you have negativity just spoken over you, even if it's been you or others, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's been me. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Hands going up all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, put that hand up. Put that hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, there's more, there's more. You know it is, thank you, thank you. Come on, there is more, there's more. Say, Pastor, that's me, that's me, that's me, thank you. Anybody else said, that's me, Pastor, thank you, right there. Anyone else said, that's me, Pastor, thank you, over there. Thank you, another one over there. Let me, let me tell you this, God loves you. I am so sorry that you've had negativity put over your life. But can I tell you something? What God has blessed, man or the devil cannot curse. What God has blessed, man or the devil cannot curse. You need to receive that here today. And I believe there's another group. I didn't do this first service, Pastor Terry, but I felt to do it here. I believe there's another group in here. You can put your hands down. Another group in here where you just need to, and you know it, you just need to be that gardener, instead of trying to be the owner, he said, I don't want you to be the owner. I want you to be the gardener. Where you're going to be the person that, that will get your hands dirty, that will put the fertilizer, that will give another chance. And you know I'm talking to you. You know God's talking to you right now. And you just know, man, I, I really I want to be that person. I desire to be that person. I know I need to work on this. And I want to be that person where I speak life over everyone I meet. Come on, if that's you, say, Pastor, that's me. Come on, raise your hand. Thank you. 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 May the Lord give you courage. May the Lord give you patience. May the Lord touch you in this. May the Lord touch you in this. May the Lord touch you in this. Guys, we're going to do something that's so powerful. You know, Pastor Terry said that and it's so true, when you speak to water, this water molecules, when you're speaking to them and you saw the, you know, the negativity, what it did and what the, the positive words did, you see the power of the tongue. And, and when you see that and, and knowing that we're made up 60% of water, our body, 75% of our brain. And that, so in other words, when we're talking to someone, we're either creating beauty are we creating something ugly? And the Lord said, I want to create beauty in this place. And I'm going to ask you to do this. If you raised your hand, and look, if many raised your hand for any reason,
This is a place of ministry. The Lord wants to speak into you. The Lord wants to touch you. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to get down to this altar. But don't just come down with, with, with shame or come down with, with being in a hurry. I want you to come down and I want you to allow the Lord to truly touch your life. Because we're going to speak life over you. I'm going to speak words of life over you. Come on, so if you raise your hand, just get down here right now. Just move out of your seat and get down to this altar. Come on, get down to this altar. Just play, come on, play the instruments. Play the instruments. Get down to this altar. Come on, get down to this altar. There you go. There you go. Come on, today you're going to be beautiful because this negativity is going to be all for you for the rest of your life. And come on, for some of you, you're going to be the, the one that's going to be speaking beauty in someone else's life. There you go. Come on, let God touch you. Come on, let God touch you in this place. Come on, anyone else, this is your time. This is your time. Come on, is that praying that? If you're up here, I'm speaking over you right now, life. I speak over you, life. You are the head and not the tail. You are important. You matter. Your life matters. You are beautiful to the Lord. Let me tell you something. God is not finished with you. There is much that he wants to accomplish in your life. You are a child of God. You have forgiveness over you from God. You have the love of God on top of you. You have joy inside of you. Come on, God's hand is upon you. He is with you. He has not abandoned you. You can rise up and be the person that God has called you to be because you are his child. You are his child. Come on, receive that. Come on, receive that. Come on, receive that.
Bless you. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for being here today.